Welcome to the chat. This is the podcast powered by talk. My name is Greg. Thank you for joining me. Hey, we've got a great episode lineup for you. But before we meet our special guest, wait till you hear this. From the realistically frightful scenes of movies like The Blair Witch Project to the decidedly wholesome Glinda the Good Witch in Wizard of Oz, magical mavens are at the center of some of our most enduring and endearing stories. It's time for news of the weird, wacky, and the wild. There are also modern-day practitioners of witchcraft, a term used to describe several different groups, including Wiccans, most of whom focus on positivity and using magic for good. There was a time, however, when being considered a witch was a veritable death sentence. Take Salem Village, Massachusetts in 1692. A town doctor diagnosed a group of girls as being afflicted by black magic. Prone to seizures and screams, the girls were accused of witchcraft, a notion that didn't sit too well with the Puritan settlement. Contrary to legend, however, these so-called witches were not burned at the stake. In fact, none of the men, women, or children accused of practicing witchcraft in Salem were killed that way. Most likely, the recounting of the Salem witch trials became intertwined with stories of actual executions by fire in Europe. During European witch trials between the 15th and 18th centuries, people accused of witchcraft were commonly burned at the stake. Occasionally, they were hanged before being burned. The punishment was in accordance with the Holy Roman Empire's Constitutio Criminalis Carolina law, which contended that the punishment for witchcraft was death by fire. Church and civic leaders led the charge, executing as many as 50,000 people across Europe in what is now France, Germany, Italy, Scandinavia, and Scotland. So what actually happened to the people accused of witchcraft during the Salem witch trials? Nineteen of the accused died by hanging, their bodies swaying on the infamous Gallows Hill. One elderly man died while he was stoned with heavy rocks, and others died in jail while waiting for their day in court. Bridget Bishop was the first to be hanged, although her exact misdeeds seemed to amount to no more than rumor and speculation. Her case became a template for those that followed. Bishop was accused by the girls afflicted with black magic, and she denied their claims. Then a witness supported the accusers, followed by more townspeople who described previous acts of witchcraft performed by Bishop. Bishop's trial, and those of many accused of witchcraft, ended with the guilty verdict, no matter how improbable the evidence. During the Salem witch trials, more than 200 people were accused of practicing witchcraft, which was a lot of finger-pointing during a relatively short time. The entire event lasted little more than a year before the local government deemed the trials a mistake and attempted to compensate the families of those they had convicted and killed. And that is your weird, wacky, and wild news.
If you're a fan of Walt Disney World and have visited the parks in Florida, chances are you've heard my guest's work. He is a composer, voiceover artist, narrator, Emmy Award winner, and all-around great guy. It is my pleasure to welcome to the Chat Podcast Lounge, good friend of the show, Mike Brassell. Thanks for stopping by. Hey, thanks, uh, Greg, and thank you, listeners. I appreciate it. Wow, I'm happy to be on the show. You're awesome. What an introduction. That's me. That is you, my friend. <laughs> you can hardly believe it sometimes. That's awesome. Well, thank you. Hey, no problem. Man, I can't believe it's been a year since we first talked to you. It seems like a long time, but yet just like yesterday. Yeah, I agree. Disney fans will recognize your voice as the narrator for both Living with the Land and Tomorrowland Transit Authority People Mover. But in addition, you've composed the ride audio for Space Mountain in Orlando. You spent a good portion of your career working for Disney and other entertainment studios. What else can we put on Mike Brussell's highlight reel? Oh, wow. Well, first of all, all of those things, to be involved in the Disney magic is a true honor. I just want to say that. To be involved with Disney at all is an honor as well. Just coming from my background, you know, uh, being a kid in the theater, watching the shows, never knowing that I'm going to actually be there in some form or fashion. It's just uh, amazing to see what's I've been blessed to, to have happen, but I want to answer your question. I have, I'm, I'm two things, Greg. So just so your listeners can understand about me, I'm voice and music. That's who I am. Uh, and that's who I've been. And that's been ever since I can remember. Um, and, and I've always pursued that, even to this point, voice and music. So whatever I could do to do voiceovers, um, that really started, um, I'd say, 15 years ago now that really started wow. to really hit heavy 15 years ago uh, when I really took it seriously. But I've always I've not been afraid, I should say, of public speaking and, and things like that because of my father. My father was absolutely awesome. He was a speaker himself and my greatest mentor, as a matter of fact. So I got all that from him. Uh, the music stuff uh, I had to have gotten from my mom's side. Uh, every, every, all my uncles and aunts and those guys could play music and would play in church and all this stuff is all unschooled. So, uh, they just did it by ear and I guess I got the, the, uh, that gene as well. And I've always been in pursuit of it. Let's take a step back and look at the entire body of work so far. What project would you say have meant the most to you both personally and professionally? Uh, I'm glad that you asked that question. Personally and per professionally, you asked there is a project that I conceived. I was asked to come up with a project for a company called Digital Juice. And that, that product turned out to be Worship Stack Tracks. Um, this is an idea uh, that was very close to me, just as an extension of me and my philosophy and the way I was raised. And uh, I, I, so I'm very close to it. So very, very happy and proud of it to be able to produce it and allow me to fully realize the skills that I had been building all the time that I had been I had spent in California, just trying to master arranging, composing, vocal harmonies, and even just laying down the tracks in the studio, what it takes to do that kind of stuff. I was able to, to do that with Digital Juice Worship Stack Tracks. And so I'm very proud of that product. I really, really am. We did a whole lot of work. The whole team did. And it wasn't just me. I, I need to share credit, of course, where credit is due. Uh, even to the top of uh, Digital Juice there. They saw what they believed was a good need. Their audience responded to it as we were creating it. And, of course, the team, the mix team and the management team there helped to really push it through. But I got to tell you, if I can brag a bit, Greg, if you don't mind, 
what we got accomplished was a total of 100 songs in uh, 10 different genres. And we had a male and female lead singer for every song. That means the keys had to be in, uh, managed in such a way for each original song. We did one album that was hymns. Okay. And that was a uh, public domain. Gotcha. All the rest of the albums had male and female lead singers. And if you understand digital juice and how they do things, they have their software run through the juicer, which is an extractor program. So basically you can solo and mute any of the tracks inside the, the music, which I thought was pretty innovative at the time. But you could flip between male and female vocals. And even with the kids album, you could flip between male, female, and kids singing the lead. Uh, and it was supposed to be used for churches, for them, if especially if they didn't have a full-blown band. They could use these backing tracks, if you will, and have music for their stuff but it's also just music as well you take all the vocals and singing off and you just got lots of production music that you can use for whatever it is you want to use it for so it, there was a whole lot of love and, and heart and, and work that went into that so i am really proud of that that is a really neat technology because from what i recall it was a proprietary software solution correct that is absolutely right very nice all right. Is there anything else that you're particularly proud of? Yeah. To be honest, I, I used to uh, compose and songwrite and sing and arrange for a group called Just For You. That's just the number four and the letter U. That was that took a lot of my time, took a lot of heart and energy as well. That was an exciting time for me because we had just, it was my first time being signed to an, a record label. It was an indie wow. label, but it was a record label nonetheless. And I used to produce for these guys, as a matter of fact, way back uh, when I first arrived in California around uh, 89, 90 in the valley there uh, in Van Nuys. And I used to work uh, with uh, another producer there. and We would produce some rap out of that studio. And then eventually I got into this group just for you. And we were signed by the same indie label. So that was very, very nice. Worked really hard on the album. It came out. We enjoyed a brief period of uh, of release, but it didn't do what we wanted it to do, of course. So we never continued to pursue that. But we did perform a lot. And of course, that's where I honed my chops for production. Wow. See, this is interesting because I didn't know this about you. So I'm learning something new tonight. <laughs> Fantastic. Hey, let's share with the audience your story regarding the Emmys that you've won. That's a really neat project to talk about, if you wouldn't mind. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I will say this. I have been surrounded by a tremendous amount of quality people of which you are as well. Oh, thank you. I really do appreciate, uh, honestly. And, and people like that help you become a better individual. And so with that being said, as I worked with the National Guard and composed their theater ad, this was in 2009, I believe, I worked with the producer there, a good friend of mine, Harry is his name. I ended up eventually working with them as an editor. I was taught by Perry, Sean, and Joel how to edit. I, I didn't, I've never edited before. And so when, once I start to learn and start to you know get up and running, uh, they gave me projects, and one was the National Guard Careers, and it was conceived by Perry, and they gave me the all the assets to edit the video. I did do the music in there. They, it got approved, and that was one that we actually submitted to uh, the Emmys, and that one won. That was one of my wow. That was my second video that I edited. So. <laughs> No kidding. Wow. Everything you touch seems to turn to gold, Mike. You've got the Midas touch, right? Well, I, yeah, I wish I could say that. I got to give all <laughs> that credit to the team. Perry was absolutely a fantastic, is a fantastic a video director. This guy understands what the audience is looking for. Sean, tremendous compositor. 
and has gone on actually to be to be the owner of the very successful Rampant Media Design Tools. That guy's mm-hmm. awesome. One of my great friends right there. And Joel is, is an absolutely stunning editor. He's a guy I learned uh, a lot of my cuts from, just how to draw an audience in and tell a story. So it's really those guys that helped me out with this, and I just tried to apply what I learned, and I try to do that everywhere. As we alluded to earlier, you've been fortunate enough to wear many, many hats over the course of your career. Has there been an aspect of the work that you've done that's really been challenging, whether it be with Disney or another entertainment studio? Oh, oh, 100% yes. Greg, this is an easy answer. And any creative or any person could feel this way. But for me, it's whenever I get a new project, I look at a blank slate now, you're an artist, so I know you look at a blank page before you actually right. put, put ink or pencil or chalk or paint or whatever it is you put down there to make your beautiful artwork. That's the same for me. But when I'm looking at it, I, I wonder if I'll ever come up with anything at all or anything good again. It, it's that whole creative thing where, where yep. I, am I done? Was this just a fluke? And do I really, am I, you know, can I really produce and perform and, and compose? Can it, can it continue? Will it continue? I don't know how else to express that, but that's the most challenging aspect because they're asking something new of you. You know, you're, you live within yourself, of course, but you're always familiar with what you've done. So it's always kind of scary to look at what you haven't done and what you're asked to do. You never know if you can actually do it completely yet. At least that's the way I feel. And I find as an artist, it's always difficult to push back from the table and say, it's done. It's finished. I cannot do anymore. It's a difficult challenge. Yeah, that is absolutely. Yeah, I can see that you you share in that as well. So it's interesting. All right. So uh, let's hear about what you're up to today. What projects have you recently wrapped or is there any work in progress that you can share with us? Uh, Well, I'm very happy actually to announce that I have landed the end title theme song and the 800 card music to the television show that runs every day, Divorce Court. Wow, cool. (laughs) Yeah, I'm very, very excited about that. That's a big get, Greg. I'm so happy. And it runs into what I'm working on right now, which is providing more of that type of music to TV and film. But boy, to land Divorce Court is uh, is huge for me. Very, very excited about that. And of course, I, I didn't do that alone either. So thanks to all the team members that helped me uh, win that one. And you can see it uh, wherever you, uh, Divorce Court is shown in, in your broadcast area. And it's on syndication, correct? So you get a lot of exposure with that project. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's exciting to land. I, I mean, I'm just I'm over the moon with that one. Very happy. Fantastic. Tell us a little bit about your production music venture, I Need More Music. Uh, thank you for asking that as well. I Need More Music. Okay, what is it and what do we do? What is production music? Okay, I'll answer that question too as best as I can. Production music is music created specifically for use inside TV and films. So if you have a scene where the character does not hear the music, that's score. Sometimes they'll get a composer to do it. Most times now, they'll use a music cue from a production music library, which is music that's it's there, it plays to fit the scene. So if they need okay. attention cue, let's say Kim Kardashian is, uh, is has dropped her phone in the toilet. Uh, there's some sort of tension <laughs> cue that, uh, you know, they look at each other's eyes, her and her sister, who's going to reach down and get it? It's that kind of music <laughs> uh, there. A, a, a very popular one was the Regis Philbin, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? There's that sort of tension music that's there 
uh, as well yeah. that production music composers will write. But if you listen to modern TV or watch modern TV and you watch shows like HGTV, there will be nothing but wall to wall music. And that's all production music uh, as well. They will go with the composer if they really feel like they need a specific sound for this series. Um, and that's not a problem at all. But the use of production music has become more prevalent just because uh, they use a ton of it and they don't have to pay as much for it. Would I expect production music to have vocals or is it strictly instrumental? Uh, yes, it's both. You could absolutely have vocal production music, but it's more popular to have the instrumental because it's always, not always, but it's uh, placed under dialogue or placed under something that you want to hear the narrator or the voiceover talk talk over and it can't be in the way of dialogue so uh, you will hear, hear more instrumental okay so if i'm interested in some production music can i go to your site and listen to the library that you have how does it work <laughs> yes you can you can go to i need more music.com right now and check out what we have to offer we have many different genres uh that you can listen to of course we're adding more every month uh, and you're welcome to license that. Let me let me explain. You, we want to be able to provide music to anyone who needs it. Uh, and that is anyone from video editors, music supervisors, YouTubers, directors, production companies, people in corporations like Coke or Nike. They all use production music in some way or another or their ad agency uses it for them so that they can get their message across and they can get the music across as well because music, as you know, is, uh, connects with us all very deeply. So that's what I offer. I offer production music for whatever you might need uh, as well. If you're doing a wedding video, if you're doing, but it's more than that. If you're doing a TV show, you need a theme, uh, you can use uh, that as well. Speaking of which, there's a very famous sports song used. It's a, a production music, Heavy Action, I think it's called. Okay. Okay. And that's a production music cue. Someone thought it worked well for that. They used it for the opening, and now everyone knows it as the consummate theme for football. Monday Night Football is called Heavy Action. Hmm. It's a production music library cue. Someone just wrote it for <laughs> – And it got for, picked up, and now yes. it's, everybody knows it. That's a <laughs> yes. pretty cool story. Yeah. 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 Man. Well, Mike, we are approaching the hour here, and we're just about out of time. But oh. before we go – it's time to play America's Favorite Game Show. What did you say? Or does Mike really know what he's talking about? Don't worry, I'm going to figure out the title on post-production. So, okay. Mike, the rules are very simple. Okay. As narrator of Living with the Land and People Mover, we're going to find out just how well you know your attractions. So I'm going to ask you a series of questions in the form of true and false, multiple choice, or fill in the blank. You'll earn one point for each correct response, and in the case of true and false, if you can provide the correct answer, which makes each question true, you'll earn a bonus point. All right, I think I understand that. Let's throw one out here. All right. Okay. If I were to ask you, Mike, true or false, living with the land is presented by Dole Food Company, you would say... True? You would say false. Oh, so sorry. I'm That's so sorry. quite all right. Now, if you could make <laughs> that correct, Living with the Land is sponsored by Chiquita. Chiquita? Yes. How come I didn't know that? I did know that. It's on the sign in very small print. <laughs> it is on the sign, isn't it? Out front, yes. No worries. Okay, I think we got this. <laughs> all right, first question. People mover, and it's multiple choice. 
Okay. This is kind of a tough one. The female announcer pages the well-known Mr. Morrow, and she says, please contact Mr. Johnson in the control tower to confirm your flight to A, Mars, B, the Milky Way, C, the Moon, or D, Starbase. Ooh, I'm going to say Starbase. Oh, Mike, I'm sorry. That's incorrect. <laughs> Would you like to take another try at it? Yeah, let's say Milky Way. I'm sorry. That's incorrect. <laughs> the correct terrible. response is C, the moon. The moon. Ah, oh, come on. <laughs> okay, okay. Oh, I'm not good at this. Well, now that was not a part that you read in the script, so. Oh, you're good. Yeah, you you totally uh, get a pass for that one. <laughs> Yay. All right, your next question. I better get the rest right. Okay. Living with the land, true or false? You can see nine-pound limes on the boat tour. False. Okay, that is correct. Now, what can you see on the boat tour that are nine pounds? Lemons. That is correct. You get two <laughs> points. Yay. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. Let's jump back to living with the land. Okay. What food brand worked with the scientist at Epcot? Was it A, Hershey? B, Nestle, C, Cadbury, or D, Orida? Nestle. Correct. <laughs> I actually remember that from the script. There you go. There's another point. All right, let's <laughs> jump to the people mover once again. This is a fill right. in the blank. Okay. This is part of the narration. Coming up, Stitch's Great Escape, where you can report for duty as a security agent for the blank federation. What federation can you report for duty? Okay, you're stumping me here. Uh, okay, let me, I, I, I worked on the movie, so I should know this. Uh, <laughs> yes, you did. Galactic. Galactic that is correct. Federation. Correct. Yeah! Another point for Mike. All right. Let's, let's jump back to the people mover. All right. Walt Disney's dream for Epcot was named Progress City. True or false? Yes. True. Sorry. Correct. <laughs> Excellent. All right, Mike. Time for one more question. We're going to call this the bonus round. Okay. We will put five points up for grabs. Final question. Living with the land. This is a tough one. Okay. You ready? I'm ready. Aquaculture. Can you name two of the three species of fish mentioned in your narration if you name all three mike i'll give you five additional bonus points species of fish okay okay i'm gonna say salmon as one okay (laughs) (laughs) gauging from your reaction that was horribly wrong uh let's see uh I'm going to just guess here. I should know this. Aquaculture. Yes. Okay, I'm, I'm behind the microphone now. I'm preparing to say three fish. Three species of Wait, did you just say tilapia, bass, and catfish? Is that what yes, you said? Yes, I did. That, that's exactly what I said. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> you got the five additional bonus points. Mike, you have done 
very, very well here tonight. I'm going to tally up the score. Uh, hold on. I'm going to need uh, to grab the adding machine here, okay? I'm going to let Disney know I, I didn't pass this well. <laughs> all right. Hold on. Hold on. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tally up here. Okay. Okay. Right, so okay. Six <clears throat> plus two to 247. Okay. Oh, wow. You've got 9,542 points. Wow. Hey, it's over 9,000. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Congratulations, uh, you can redeem those for any prize on the second shelf in the chat podcast gift shop. Done, I'm going to do it. Bernice That's out awesome. there. Bernice, you know, make sure you help Mike uh, make his selections. Okay, fantastic. Thank you, Bernice. <laughs> Thank you, Bernice. Yes, Mike, it looks like we're nearly out of time. But before we bring the show to a close, where can we find and follow you on the web and social media? Okay, very good. Twitter at Mike Brissell, Facebook Mike Brissell as well. Uh, you can also find me at INeedMoreMusic.com, and I am also on LinkedIn. Look me up. Fantastic, Mike. I want to thank you once again for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us here. What a pleasure! It's been great getting to catch up with you, and appreciate you being a good sport. Greg, you're awesome. Thank you so much for this, man. Oh, you're, thank you you're very great. much. All right. Well, friends, I want to thank you guys for listening in. As always, we appreciate your support. Hey, you can drop us a line at chatpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at The Chat Pod and look for us on Facebook at The Chat Podcast. And to be sure that you don't miss a single episode of The Chat, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and anywhere else podcasts can be found. And of course, your feedback is greatly appreciated. So if you like what you hear, please be sure to rate and review the show. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. On behalf of my special guest, Mike Purcell, we'll see you again next time here in the chat. Take care. If you enjoyed our conversation with Mike Purcell and are a fan of Walt Disney World, Disneyland, or anything else Disney, please be sure to check out my friends at The Mouse in Our House, The Dub D Dub Review, The Mickey Dudes, and Resort Loop, all on Apple Podcast. And for the best walkthrough videos of Walt Disney World resorts and other theme parks, head on over to YouTube and subscribe to The Theme Park Brothers.